0: I brag about it. I brag about it. I pass on eight times. Like, here's the fun thing. Most of the people pass on the first and the second, they end up not even doing it. They end up not doing real estate forever. They end up doing it like as a side hustle while they do hair on the week. So anyways, I leave there and then now I'm a realtor and then I'm like, well shit, like, okay, so now what? I swear to God, listen to this. My phone background is a, a meme for Muhammad Ali that says, uh, I, call, uh, I called myself the gra- greatest before I laid my first punch. And then I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, I'm the king of real estate, <laughs> you know, before I do my first deal.
1: In this episode, we welcome Jalal Abimways, better known as the king of Miami real estate. Jalal is a full-time real estate investor and an active wholesaler. After just three years of getting into real estate at 28 years old, Jalal already has 51 apartment doors under management. In today's episode, Jalal will share with us his story on how he became the king of real estate from moving from Jordan to America, living in his car to working for Grant Cardone. All this and much more up next. Real estate investing is changing, but there are people evolving and thriving. In this podcast, we'll listen to their stories and hopefully learn from them. I am dedicated to creating a life where I could create multiple passive income and doing something I love along the way. To me, the most important part is doing significant work and create great relationships along the way. For those that want to invest in passive income, multifamilies, email me at avio at avioballesteros.com. My name is Avio Ballesteros. I am a real estate investor and entrepreneur, and I want to help you live the real estate life. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. Welcome to the Real
2: Estate Life Podcast. All right, welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. This is your host, Abio Ballesteros. Today, I want to introduce a very special guest. Uh, it's Jalao Aguemwez better known as the King of Miami real estate. I'll let him correct me on that. I know I pronounced his last name incorrectly, but Jalal is doing something incredible. He has 51 doors under management, over 9 million of apartments and only at the age of 28. Now guys, he's done this in the last three years. He's bought these acquisitions. This is a big deal at his age. I can't even imagine when I was 20 years old, I definitely did not have that state of mind. He is a full-time full-time real estate investor and he's also an active wholesaler. Jalal, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Abigail, thank you for having me. Appreciate you bringing me on the show. Again, I do listen to your podcast, listen to those episodes, and I learned a lot from it. Matter of fact, I learned that we have the same, we work with the same lender, David Lument. We work oh, with yeah, the same yeah, guy. Yeah. He, he refinanced me. So I just remember that. Really? Actually.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. David's good people, man. Definitely. Yeah. I'm glad you're working with him. Yeah, um, Great guy. You know, July, I you have an incredible story. And, and it is a true immigrant American story. And I want listeners to know that your story, how you came to this country, how you got started—take uh, it away. Let them know how you did it, man.
0: Awesome, man. So I decided to move to America in, on August 2010. And uh, again, I'm from Amman, Jordan. That's where I was born. If you don't know where's Amman, Jordan, that is like right across from Israel. So I'm on the other side of the planet, right? Uh, August 2010, decided to move to America. Uh, ended up in actually in in Atlanta, Georgia, um, you know, the second I decided to move to America, I was in Ohio for three months, that didn't work out with a friend, ended up actually moving to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, because I had an uncle there, and then uh, did that, right? Then I was with my uncle for about maybe three to four weeks, not more, then uh, pretty much he couldn't, you know, house me anymore. And just to kind of give you another longer story of that, he couldn't house me anymore, uh, I had to leave his house. And then at that time, I actually got to meet someone, um, you know, by the way, after, after I slept in the streets for about three weeks, I got to meet someone that is actually also in the, that was in the car business. And I, and I saw him basically coming out of a green olive zone, basically ran to the guy, introduced myself. And then the guy decided to tell me like, okay, great. You can sleep at my dealership, um, basically a couple hundred bucks a week. He'll get food every day because his wife used to cook for him. She'll add more food for me, right? So, hey, Jolla, the, hold on. You said
2: you, you, let me cut you off there. Sorry. You really? slept in the streets for three weeks. That you slept yeah. in a, like, yeah. where in the streets? Like, that's hard to.
0: It was actually, it was exactly on a bench in the front of a lake. If anybody knows Georgia, you take exit 277 <laughs> on 75 North. I think that's what it was 277. Then you make a left, you keep going. There's a lake. Yes.
2: Dude and, and uh, I hope, was this going winter cuz it could get cold in Georgia man.
0: It did get cold. It was very cold actually. It was <laughs> Wait, it was uh... very cold. Like it was like I, it was almost October. It was cold but but it was fine, you know? Like what, at what,
2: that, at what, what age did you think like like at the age of 18 you, you why
0: why did you first of all why did you leave your country in such a hurry? What, 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 let's go back to that man i mean uh we were not like homeless poor but we were just you know we had a roof all, all over our head we had we had food but basically you know if you had a shirt and it's not ripped you're not getting a new one basically That's crazy. um yeah so we had food we had water we had the roof but we just lived very fucking poor man and i don't like focus uh, uh, on this thing there yeah okay. yeah what, what, what why america uh, this is going to be a very funny story because when I was younger, I was watching this TV show, it's called 90210, and I always thought when I, when I get older, I'm going to go to America, and America looks like the show, and the show is like a bunch of kids with like Ferraris and Lamborghinis, and then like, you know, and with like women, so I thought when I come to America, I'm going to be so this true. guy. <laughs> I, Yo, I thought I'm gonna come to America and I'm gonna be that guy <laughs> dating Naomi, driving my Ferrari. <laughs> Listen, here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. That That's was
2: the one that was like a chick show, but I loved <laughs> it, man. I loved it. I loved it.
0: Listen, I watched it, but when I was younger, I didn't give a shit if it was chick show or not. It was just that a view of what America looks like to me, right? Listen to this. So that's what I thought America was. I landed in fucking Cleveland, Ohio, ended up homeless like three <laughs> months later. <laughs> I was like, I landed, I was like, dude, this is and not what I signed up for. This is, this, yeah, is this, is, not, this is not America, dude. Like, I thought I landed like in Zimbabwe or some shit. Like
2: <laughs> a cold Zimbabwe. Very Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was retarded in, in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it yeah, was, yeah. was we, terrible.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I wanted to know that because sometimes, you know, like people pick the United States and and I just wanted to know why you pick it because there's a lot of great places you could have had opportunities, but now I get it. Yeah, but
0: but truth is, or like facts is, nothing's better than America. Where else on planet Earth you can do what we can do in America? Our laws and the opportunity we have here for someone like me to go from nothing to something only exists in America at the level that we're in right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always yeah. thank
2: I always thank my parents for that. My my parents uh, were Cuban. They came in 1980, and yeah. and their story is, is is pretty crazy. That you know, they're they're my whole family's Jehovah Witness. So when Fidel Castro in 1980, what he started doing, he started pulling out anyone that didn't didn't salute the flag. And I don't know whoever knows what Jehovah Witnesses are. They don't salute the flags. That, that's just their thing. Uh, the only person they salute is God. So. My parents, uh, my, my parents were known in the community for being religious and Joe Witness. So basically yeah. in 1980, they knocked in our family's door, told my, fa- my parents, you need to pack up and get all your stuff and leave. You have a couple minutes to do this. So they're in a the hurry. I'm one year old. They grabbed my whole family, and they tell them, you got to go to the beach. That's where they're picking people up in boats. So they're grabbing just their belongings and clothes. They had not have time to pick up nothing else but that. My dad had a family member that lived in the United States, wrote his, wrote their phone number inside his belt so he wouldn't forget the number. And just in case he lost something, my parents went to beach for seven days with me as a one-year-old, waiting for a boat to pick him up. And out of nowhere, this fishing boat comes in, sent from God or wherever you want to call it from, comes into the shore, starts calling everybody to come in. People start racing to the boat, swimming to the boat to get on, piling piling up, and that's how we made it here. My dad says I vomited the whole two-hour drive over here. Uh, we slept in the Orange Bowl Stadium, which is now the Marlin Stadium for over a month. So your story touches very close to me, even though I was one year old. I have no flashbacks of that. But your immigration story in this country, I agree with you. It's amazing because the opportunities because the shit we're doing, bro. It's, it's amazing. What you're doing is also amazing. So I, I'm glad you shared that because I want people to, to see that. There's no excuse, man. It's, it's you know, you can make it here and you can make it happen. And we're in a beautiful business, which is real estate. So now that we got that, I, I, you, you know, you, you went from sleeping in, in, in the yeah, street, so to car sales. And then what is it that pulled you into real estate? Because that, That's what I want to get into now. what did you say so like, you know what? I like that business. I'm not going to stay in cars because you could have been a car salesman. You could own your own dealers. attitude i could see only a bunch of dealers but no a
0: little yeah but little you know the guy who owned the dealership also owned a ton of properties too he actually owned the you know the land the dealership was on too so he was a real estate guy before he was anything else but nobody knew him for it everybody knew him for the cars but he took the money needed cars and bought real estate that guy is a genius and but let me tell you something but so I always knew real estate was good there through working for this guy because I worked for him from, 2000 to 10 to, from 2010 to 2015. But what really got me into it because it, throughout that being in the car business, I've learned about Grand Cardone. And then I said, okay, great. Like this guy taught me how to sell. That's awesome. I want to work for the guy. Uh, 2014, he had a business seminar in Mexico Cancun. And I immediately get a ticket and go watch Grant Cardone in Mexico, Cancun. I walked into the Hard Rock, Cancun, 2014. I remember it so clear, man. Uh, Grant was outside actually smoking a cigarette, right? He, he doesn't smoke anymore. He was smoking a cigarette outside. I literally run into him. I was like, Grant Cardone, man, you changed my life. You did like that. You don't do that to this guy. I'm like, oh my God, I did all these things, right? You taught me all these things. Like, man, hold on, relax that story you just did outside, could you do it again in front of the camera? I said, fuck yeah, let's go. And then he puts oh, me on the he... show, he was shooting. And listen to me, he puts me on the show, he was shooting, and I was like his guest on the show, and then, you know, that was my first time in front of a camera on the show. I was like, yo. You got this, that recording? Said, oh, of course I do. 100%. Uh, you, gotta I said, I, like, you gotta share that with me. You gotta share that with me. I sounded like you? shit. I was exact, I think I was like 20... Almost 21 or 21. I was 21. I was 21. Exactly. I was 21 because I turned 22 in Miami, but I was 21 there. And remember it clear. Listen to this. Then I went there not to listen to him, you know, only I wanted to. But in my head, I was like, I'm going to pitch this guy to hire me. Right. And then I spent, we spent the three days in Mexico. And anyways, uh, while I'm there, I actually convinced them to hire me. So I fly back to Atlanta. They go back to Miami because that's where they're based out of. And as soon as I go back to Atlanta, I immediately go tell the guy like, uh, yeah, the event was awesome, but I didn't say much. Yeah, the event was awesome, you know, uh, but I didn't say much. I get a phone call interview and uh, by the COO for Grand Cardo, and basically she tells me like, dude, this job that you just convinced them to hire you for is actually entirely on the phone because it's cold calling and your English is garbage and we can't hire you. <laughs> so you know when you get an email in Like, you know, like you get a text or email in and you just like swipe it right. You don't even look at it, right? I swiped it right, didn't look at it, opened my email, swipe right. uh, Yeah, you swipe left, then I deleted it. I didn't even read it. But the email basically, at the beginning of it, like, sorry, we can't hire you. I walk into the dealership and I tell the guys, like, man, you know, I'm gonna, you know, take, you know, like let's say at 30 days' notice, I'm gonna go work for Grand Cardo and just got off a phone, call, a phone call with them. They love me. They can't work without me. They need me there. You know, I love you, but we need to do this. So I set him up right. I had a couple of cars with him too, sold everything I had, uh, which is, you know, a couple of beat up cars that we got in the auction for 800 bucks, like nothing crazy. Um, anyways, finalized that. And then I put together with me, I think it was about, around eight, 9,000, I think it was like nine grand because I bought a 2007 Honda Fit that was beat the fuck up. You know, I bought it for 4,000 and I had I had 3,800 or 3,700. So no, that's not nine. That's like what? That's like seven, right? Around seven. That's what I had on me. So I bought the car cause I, you know, Hondas don't break down and I drive down to Miami. I drove down to, and I was doing Valley at night. So I used to sell cars in daytime valet cars at night. I then I, so I finished my last shift at the dealer. I go do another shift, you know valet in cars. And then I finish that shift. You know, I tell my boss by the way, my boss at the at the valet lot, by the way, now he works in my office, which is crazy. We ended up being friends. I That's tell the guy man. dude I'm driving to Miami right after the shift. So I worked like not normal hours. Dude, I did valet too. I love that business. I I cast love in it your too. pocket every day. Every day cast in your oh, pocket. No I did it at a club. So, you know, we we're hustling these fucking, oh. you know, dude, these bartenders <laughs> so you were, were like to us out. <laughs> they
2: were coming out <laughs> drunk, just like.
0: I know, I know. So we, you know, like we did it at like Atlanta nightclubs and you know, like they're crazy. And that's where I, It's the nightclub was called Compound. I did it at Compound and another one called Privé in Midtown or downtown yeah. Atlanta. So listen to this. I drive down and then I get to Miami. I've never, mind you, I've never seen Miami before. I've never been to Miami. All I did when I knew Green Cardona is based out of Miami, I literally Googled Miami, and I didn't even read. I just went to images on Google to see what Miami oh, looks like. You. It closed yeah. you. I was like, oh, my God, there's a beach. I remember 902, and I was like, this is it. It's happening. I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm going to Miami, you know? Listen, I dropped my ass down to Miami. And uh, I remember the uh, first thing I did, obviously I got, I got here like the night before I wanted to you know, go and present myself to Grant. I go there at night and, and I put the address of his office because that's the only thing I know in Miami. I didn't even have a place. I didn't even think of where to sleep. I just knew I'm, you know, I'm coming down. And then you know, I go there, drive there at night, just to know where's the office so I can come back the next day. And then literally I go park in front of, uh LA Fitness on Biscayne 123rd. Now I know because i am 20- in the business. Yeah, you're Biscayna right. Yeah. 123rd, yeah, there's LA Fitness. And I had an LA Fitness membership from you know from Georgia. And anyways, I finished there. I had a suit on me that I bought from Express. It was like a couple hundred dollars suit. And then I, you know, I go to LA Fitness, took a good shower, got myself ready. You were fresh, you were ready. Yeah. I was in the front of Grand Cardone's office, literally, like I'll 7:30. Listen to this, about eight o'clock. The COO, which is the chief operating officer for Grant Cardo, she was walking in. She's like, are you Jalal? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I think we said we're not gonna hire you. What are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, man, let me just tell you this. You drove five miles for your no. I drove a thousand miles for my yes. At least you can is just give me a shot in person. That's, that's all I'm asking for. She's like, I don't know what to do with you. Wait outside. Not outside the office, no, outside the building. And I'll call you in. I said, okay, great. I was like, I'll wait. And I was like t- being torched in Miami heat outside in a black suit. I hated my life. Maybe like 25, 30 minutes later, Grant Cardone was walking in. I was like, hey, you know, Mr. Cardone, how are you? You know, uh, I, we met in Mexico. Do you remember me? You know, like, you know, this whatever. I was like, yeah, man, what are you doing here? I, you know, I thought you got a job here. I'm like, yeah, but they told me I'm not a fit. You know, please, I'm here. I finalized everything in Atlanta. I have nothing to go back to. I'm committed to make this work. He's like, just walk in with me. And uh, so, like, oh, Ch- Sherry, she's like, a, she was sure. like, I was like, oh, dude, she told me to wait outside. He said, walk in with me, man. And I was like, <laughs> fuck, I was like, shitting bricks. Anyways, I walk into the house with Grant Cardone. He walked, I mean, when we we walk in. He like dude, just waiting on the couch. Like at least I was waiting in the AC. Waiting on the couch, literally, man. Six hours sitting on that couch to wait to actually get seated with him and everyone that needs to make a decision on me. I waited six hours. I go into the office. Uh, I did my thing, you know, I, I had a pitch ready, you know, my name is Jalal, you know, I moved there, I moved from Atlanta, I have nothing to go back to, I finalized everything to do here, I guarantee no one in your office did this, but I did it, give me an opportunity, like I had it prepared, right, I did this thing, and then basically, you know, they still like, the v, VP and the CO were like, dude, the guy's English sucks, and they said it to my face in front of in front of G. And then he was like, yeah, man, but let me tell you this. If they blow up this building, this is the only one walking out. <laughs> like, he's the only one who will be carrying people walking out. This guy is crazy. He's a risk taker. Give the man a fucking desk. Literally. Like that verbatim. With the afford and all of it. I don't even know if I should be cussing on this thing, man. But I'm just being myself. It
2: don't it's matter, man. It don't matter. So, that, 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 that's that's like, an incredible story, man.
0: So listen to this. I get a job at Grant's office. Now I'm going to tell you how I got into real estate. This is why I got into real estate. Really why. So I get a, a job at Grant's office. Three months later, I get fired. I'm not going to talk about the reasons. I get fired. It was crazy. It had nothing to do with production. Anyways, I get fired three months later, and then, like, literally, I'm, like, bawling out, crying like a little girl, right? I'm in my car, like, literally. They walk me, like, some security guy walks into my car I got fired. And I'm in my car, like, crying. like I don't know where to go. At that point, I had an apartment that I rented in an apartment complex. It uh, used to be called Altamira. Also, it's on, you know, where's that biscuit 123rd? Whole Foods behind it. Yeah, are yeah, big, yeah, 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 Big apartment complex, Altamira. I rented a room from a lady that lived there. She had an apartment. She rented me a room for 700 bucks, right? And at that point, that's where I used to live. By the way, I promised myself one day I'm going to own that fucking apartment complex. It's uh, oh, 348 well. doors. It got traded what? in 2017 for $56 million. And million. Uh,
2: I'll jump with you on that one.
0: When, I can't wait. Next time with that trades, I do. do <laughs> that's a that deal. <laughs> so let me tell you. So I got fired as I'm driving home. I'm, I just got fired by Grand Cardone, and I'm listening to his podcast in my car, and I'm driving down Collins because I took the that's long a, way that's home. That's so weird.
2: Bro. That's such a weird feeling. <laughs>
0: it's, it sucked ass. So, but he never fired me personally. You know, I got fired by the people. You know, that run
2: the. Yeah, office. I get it. And listen, he didn't even, think,
0: yeah, did not even know I was fired? So, look,
2: I, the word "fired," Jala. If, if you would talk to my mother, my mother has a list of any jobs I've been fired from the age of fourteen to the age oh my of twenty-one. God. I've been fired from a lot of jobs. It's it just, it happens. It, it, and, and when I tell, it's not because, it's just I wasn't working for myself. You, you know, you, you, the, yeah. the entrepreneurship is in our DNA. So I would get fired because I would perform really well in the beginning, but I just, I would lose, I would lose that passion for it. I just wanted my own thing. So I get that, man. I've been
0: man, fired. So I got stories. Being bad. fired is one thing, and being fired by Grant Cardone's office When when I changed my entire life to go work there is a like that crushed. I get it. I get it. Yeah. That crushed. That was my dream come true job. Like you know. But here's the thing. I didn't even have a plan B. Like I didn't even think I'm going to go do real estate. This doesn't work out. I didn't do none of this. And it was as I'm driving home, listening to this podcast. Twenty one,
2: bro. There's no plan B's when you're twenty (laughs) one.
0: Yeah, but but I never thought that way. You know, when you, uh, when you yeah, come yeah. as an immigrant, like, like, yeah. you know, you migrated from a country to another, yeah. I'm just thinking, I need, I need to be a billionaire by 30. That was the goal, right? Now yeah. I'm 28. Yeah. Now I know how much, how much harder it is to be a billionaire. How hard that shit is. Yeah. yeah I know. I know. So I was his podcast and he was saying, I swear to God, you'd think like God picked the right podcast. I didn't even pick the podcast. It was on play. I just turned the car and starts playing, you know? And he was saying, man, there's no shortage of success. Look at the real estate around you. And I was driving down Collins, like near Golden Beach. Obviously, you're looking at billions of dollars. There's no shortage of success. Just in the zone you're in, look out of your window. Look how much real estate is there. You're looking at billions of dollars. Imagine how much more money there is on earth. There's no shortage of success. In my mind, I'm fuck it. I'm going to do real estate shit. Literally, I just got fired. I decided I'm going to do real estate. I got depressed for two days. I was literally in my bed crying for two days like miserable, like, a ah, shit, two days. Yeah, you have to and go then, through the process. Yeah, it to took go me through. two days. No, I counted it, two days. Then I called Gold Coast. I was like, yo, I got to take my class. Listen to this. I want to make this story quick. I know, I, my story could go longer. I have so many things that happened, it's by awesome, the way. God, keep I'm going, man. To make it quick. So i called I called Gold Coast for these people trying to get in. I was like, hey, I want to take my year of real estate course. She was like, yeah, because uh, I wanted to take the one that you do in one week. Because I don't want to do this one month thing. The one you take in one week. Oh, that I'm was brutal.
2: That's a brutal
0: class. Yeah, and I'll tell you how brutal it was. Listen to this. She's like, the class started Monday, and today was like a Wednesday. She was like, they're really half done with the class. You have to wait till next month or two months after, because they do it once a month or once every two months. I forgot. I was like, no, 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 man, I can't wait. I have to do this. And and then back then, like, because – uh, I was taken in advance from also like when I used to work at, you know, a grant by the time I got fired, I had a little over two grand with me. That's exactly what I had. I had a little over $2,000. I called the lady. was like, I got to take the fucking thing. Like, I have to come in. It's like, no, it started. I was like, no, you don't understand. I have to do this. You don't understand. She's like, no, sir, come back next month. I was like, okay, great. I'll see you there. She said, don't come. I drive down there. I call, the, you know, I walk in. The lady was there. I was like, hey, ma'am, just called in for the class. I was like, yes, you're so annoying. I told you to come back next month. I was like, no, you don't <laughs> understand. Then here's the thing everybody sucks at one thing. Everybody's good at one thing, right? I'm good at, like, if I'm trying to get someone to do something, I'm good at grabbing their heartstrings. Easy for me, right? I got the story. I I don't have to tell it. It's like, man, you don't understand. I just, you know, lost this. I moved here. You have no idea. I'm just trying to make my life better for my family. And she was like, okay, great. I convinced her. I got in the class. It's Wednesday. The class ends on Saturday. It was yes. Oh, you come? Oh, yes. I'm I'm midway in. Listen to this, dude. I get in the class. I get in the class. I get in the class. And I sit next to this guy, his name is Mike and he's a general contractor. I remember him like from back then. Uh, so I sit down, the class was done two, three days. Uh, the the class you do, the test you do in the class, that's bullshit, everybody's fucking cheating. Everybody copying the same answers. I got like 99, you know, I got like 99. The coach doesn't
2: listen to this. <laughs>
0: I revoked my license, even if they do. I'm done. I, I'm not I'm not that guy. I'm not a realtor. Listen, everybody sees that. Test. If they hear me, they need to correct the shit. That's why there's so many realtors. Oh,
1: listen, oh,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> listen, you told me to tell your story. I'm being me. So listen, if you wanna cancel me. I got a no little comment on that one. Okay, listen to this. <laughs> oh, but this is what tells you. Did I go to take the The state exam, I failed oh, seven real. times, and they and they failed on the uh, and they passed on the
2: eighth. So here's what I did. Shit, I I, yes. I failed four times? I you beat my record. Times.
0: I know. I was ashamed
2: so, to tell people I failed four times. I used to tell good. people like, like I only at, tell my close friends I could do that. Failed four times because <laughs> <dude>, you <laughs> you're you running a business. Was, it's hard. It's hard because you know. What's
0: funny? It, 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 it's funny.
2: It's, it's Study, studying is just like like, a, like an athlete. Like you've got to train to condition. Studying is the same thing. So if you're, you're running a business and you're not an entrepreneur, you're doing your life, and now you're packed in on a seven-day crime course, dude, that's like running a marathon and it you is. never ran one. It you're is. You got conditioned for it. Yeah. It's, it's I got tough, a trick so for I it. get that. I
0: got a trick for everybody to pass. Well, I <laughs> hired a tutor.
2: I hired, I, hired, I hired a tutor.
0: Oh, no. I that's, I that's, that's the rich people's solution. No, let me give you the <laughs> Let me give me the poor guy solution. Hold on. So every test you can pay, I think it was like 20 or 30 bucks at the time, and you take a review. Right? You take a review, right? Of the test. That means you go into the same classroom and they give you your test and they repeat the questions you got wrong, which is all of them for me. And they tell you. you Dude, and, and then you know, and then they tell you which answers you got wrong and what was the right answer to all these uh, questions. Yeah, yeah. So I took a test review for all seven of them because in my head was, at some point, it's going to have to repeat. There's only so many questions they could pack. So I took the review for each one. So technically, I took that test 14 times because I had to go over each one. And then on eighth, I swear to God, man, I walked into that test you know that test is long. You're there you memorize every single
2: question. You have to right. well memorize,
0: brother. I was out in less than twenty minutes. That lady thought I cheated. I was like, duh, 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 duh. like, oh, that's here. Duh, 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 duh. Literally, listen. Yeah,
2: because the same the summer, one pops up. It's summer, the same
0: uh, I didn't even. I read the questions. I just knew the answer. <laughs> like the answer. Like it's the same, you know what? <laughs> I literally. shake you those were boxes. pictures.
2: <laughs> you were looking at pictures. You weren't reading questions. I you were just looking at the picture. <laughs> yes. It's the same one. But it worked.
0: And then, and, and, oh, sure. like you would think I passed that 100. No, I got like two or three points above what I needed to uh, pass. Honestly, I,
2: you know, I, I, I remember when I took the, the tutor, the tutor, the guy who, who, who actually tutored me, I got it from Gold Coast, he's the one that designs the test for the state of Florida. And he, and he taught me a very simple technique, which after he taught me a technique, I passed. He goes, this test are not meant for people. These are laws that you're never going to probably use ever in your career but they just don't want a dummy with this license. You need to be able to, they need to see you have some common sense and you can answer these questions. So he goes, once you learn in the process of elimination, just eliminate, there's gonna be two, two, two answers that are completely off the rack. They had nothing to do with the question. And then there's two that are gonna leave you guessing. Eliminate those two, and then now you're down to two, your odds are gonna skyrocket above bucket. Once he taught me that technique, I passed. I was like, that's fucking simple. And it was true.
0: Dude, most of these realtors, most of these realtors are dummies. Well, they did the whole thing wrong with Most of them are dummies, man. <laughs> don't let me... No, that, that's true. That's funny. We, we, yeah, yeah. And a
2: lot of people don't like to admit that they fill that exam. And then whenever I hear people, I pass it on the first time,
0: I'm like, bro. I brag about it. I brag about it. I pass on eight times. Like, here's the funny thing. Most of the people pass on the first and second, they end up not awesome. even doing it. They end up not doing real estate forever. They end up doing it like as a side hustle while they do hair on the week.
2: Day. Yeah, yeah, like, that's you know? true. That's very true.
0: That's yeah. very true. So anyways, I leave there and then now I'm a realtor and then I'm like, well, shit. Like, okay, so now what? I swear to God, listen to this. I need a piece of paper. Assume this is the piece of paper that I used to, you know, like, oh, you passed. I'm walking to my car. I'm like, okay, I passed. Now what? I swear to God, I do this. I put the thing like here. I go on my Instagram. I'm like, okay, change my Instagram name to the King of William Real Estate. Like <laughs> I like, haven't done a brand. Is, that, is that
2: when the is, is that when it hit you the the name the King of Real Estate? Yes. yes. If, did you plan it or just punch through the you, head you, like No, just what no, I want.
0: no. A background. A ba- my phone background is a, a meme for Muhammad Ali that says, uh, "I call uh, I called myself the the gra- greatest before I laid my first punch." And then I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, I'm the king of real estate, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. before I do my you
2: know first what? deal. I'm, you know what, that was going to be my next question, because I, I always, because I remember when you hit the scene, you hit the scene with this, my, the king of real estate. So it started Man. popping up, and, and the, you created a buzz, like, who the fuck is this guy, the king of real estate? And then you, you started like, has not even closed a deal, what the fuck, this guy's got some balls to come out and say this shit, you know, who, who is this guy? You rental, came out, Nothing. <laughs> Like <laughs> so I thought it was like a, I, I thought it was a strategic. I, I, this is me. I'm like, this is a fucking genius. This is a strategic marketing campaign that he's doing. It's working. He's getting his foot in the game by doing it. I thought it was a, a whole strategy. of you.
0: No, you're talking about a
2: month. <laughs>
0: right, so that's so that oh, my next God. question because that was it.
2: I always wanted to know that one. When did the hell did you decide you're going to call yourself the King of Real Estate of bro, Miami? On my
0: way, bro.
2: Because. <laughs> So there's a lot of big boys in this industry who'll be like, what the fuck? I'm the king of Miami real estate yeah that's yeah. what they're thinking yeah, yeah but, a lot but, of them thinking I'm, that
0: yeah a lot of them said it to my face too trust oh, me. They have? They yeah, have they, but, but I got people thinking of me that that's what's most yeah, important yeah. to me one, you know I don't care about one, somebody who yeah. hates me likes me I just care about your thinking of me that that's yeah. who wins the game yeah. so I named myself the king of Miami real estate I'm like okay, now what? And then, you know, I like I spend days, I don't know what to do with my license. I found George Ciccibello, uh Lifestyle International Realty. Yep. And I found him on Instagram because he and he posted a book he was reading. It's, it's for Greg Cardone. I was like, okay, so he's on the same material. So we think the same. I'll go work for the guy. Anyways, go work for the guy. Obviously, we're realtors. And by the way, honestly, I think this is the most interesting part. So what happens is I end up working for George. And as a realtor, obviously, we don't make money, right? We don't make salary. And then yeah, You I definitely
2: chose a business where you're not going to see a paycheck for a while, man. That's what I think.
0: It takes time. Yeah, but I didn't think time. of that. I'm just thinking I'm going to be a billionaire yeah. in real estate right now. I'm a billionaire. Don't, don't, don't ruin yeah, my deal, man. Yeah, like, no, 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 <laughs> let no let okay. me go. So listen, so I go work for George, literally, man, like month, past, like not, about a month passes. <laughs> that set, that it was $625 that I used to pay the lady that rented her room, not $700. I couldn't even pay her that anymore. And then I give her my 30 days notice. And then basically I just packed my stuff in the car and I called George. I was like, dude, you know, I'll clean the office. I'll do this and that. And at night I'm just going to sleep there, you know, please. And he allowed me to sleep in his office and he was at my event. You've seen the whole thing, right? I remember.
2: Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I also the first time I heard that story. And it, it, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. George just did that for you. A lot of people yeah. won't do
0: that. So he let me sleep Taking in his office. Yeah. He, he, limits, cause they saw the potential. They know I'm a worker. Like I'm not going to come there to play around. Like I was yeah. busting my balls and I used to wait till Friday before the cleaning lady comes to the office. Cause you know, George, like he makes money. He would have all these meal plans from these companies and he doesn't even eat them. And he ends up going out every single day and eating outside and the meal plans like go bad. So what I used to do is I would take those meal plans, you know, every Friday and then before the lady comes and throw them out, and I, I wait till she cleans, and I put them back.
2: you up for the weekend.
0: Yeah, and I, no, I, no. and I take them and eat them like for the week coming up because I don't even have yeah. money to go buy food. Yeah, yeah. So I was eating people's leftovers, literally. That's what I had. And I didn't care, man. Like, not once I felt bad for myself, felt victim. Dude, I was every single fucking day. Now, he, here's where my story gets interesting. Every single day, I get out of my Honda. There's no AC. Some days I couldn't sleep in the office because the security guy wouldn't let me. And then that's when it started you know, becoming an issue. And to sleep in my car, I get out of my Honda, sweating my balls off. Let me say this if I could have stuck into Live Fitness in Brickle, then I could have. And to take a shower and go to work. If not, I'd get out of my car, put my shirt on. Dude, I swear to God, I just like, in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm a billionaire. Like, soon I'm going to have all these things. None of this meant shit for me. And you're talking about three weeks in Georgia? I did that for eight months. And George will attest to it. And I'm happy he's so known in the industry because I can't make this shit up. Eight months I slept yeah. out of my car and in his office and 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 literally like every day I just felt like, it never felt like this is going to be forever. It always felt this is going to be a great part of my story when I'm, when I'm on stage. Even when I was up like living like a That was bum. your affirmation. I swear, that was man. your affirmation. I put my That's shirt awesome. on, I'd get to the office, I'd go there to the bathroom, I'm like, like fucking wash myself real quick wash my armpits and And this is why there's
2: there's other realtors in office seeing you go through this because people talk
0: oh Oh, yeah Yeah, people talk
2: shit
0: oh three or four of them were at the event yeah yeah three or four of them were there they
2: know the whole story and at any point did you say i'm gonna go get me a job i need to get a nine to five george told me.
0: George told me to uh, go work as a valet. It was at the Latitude building where their office was. I was like, go get a valet job. And I said, no, dude, I'm not going to do it because I need to be on the phone cold calling even if it means I'm going to have to eat nothing. Even though I'm going to have to die, that's what I'm going to do. Because I would you know, get to the office way before 8 in the morning. I get ready. I'm on the phone cold calling out of my cell phone, cold calling realtors to basically tell them, give me deals
2: that I can bring to the office that they can go you know, wholesale, yeah. basically. Yeah, I wanna to touch on that, because that people, people that, that wanna get into our industry, any, any aspect of real estate, doesn't have to be specific, a realtor, any type of, any, any field in real estate, this is not a part-time business. If you try to do this part-time, you go get yourself a ballet job, a waiter job, I'm sorry, dude, you're not gonna make it, because you're gonna get runned over by the competition, it's very competitive. So really? part-time in real estate, you might do a deal here and there through your friends and family network, but you're not going to grow. You're going to stay there just, just there just on your friends and family. It's a yep. brutal business. This is not a part-time hustle. There's real competition. And, and I would just say in South Florida, all over the United States. So I get asked that question all a lot because I'm a broker. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this part-time. Oh, I'm going to have my job. And then on the weekends, I see them try and I see that they don't make it. They either take the leap of faith which you committed to, but you knew that. You knew if you started valet, it was a wrap, bro. It yeah. was going to be a wrap for you. Yeah. You were going to yeah. lose deals. You're not going to be able to show properties on the weekend. You, if an investor tells you, I want to go see that deal, you got to jump and show it. You can't do that shit for a time. Right? You're going to have your I job. Know. Your is going to say you can't go. So yeah. I, 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 I get that why you said, yeah. no, I can't do that.
0: I can't do that. I just knew I'm not going to do it. And then I just stayed on the phone. And then what I liked about what I was doing is basically I was an acquisition agent. I don't have to show properties. I don't have the means to show properties. I Most likely I smell like shit. I'm, 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 my car is beat up. I can't even show up to showings. I can't do that. I don't have air conditioning. I don't have money for gas. So I'm just acquiring deals on the phone. So that's why it made sense.
2: You know, this is, Miami is very superficial, man. You show up with a beat up car uh, without the Rolex or, you know, like you show up like that. People are judging you. You're like, dude, this guy shit. This guy trying to sell me his property, He's got this car, this watch, that belt shoes, it's crazy, it sucks. So that's I one know. of the things is, because I'm like, why, like, why do we have to? But that's you hate I, that a, stuff, a, I know. I, I do, I do hate it, man. I, I got, I can't even wear jewelry. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, shit, man. I got to feed the, the cliche of uh, real estate sales in in, yeah. in Miami. Uh, I, I think that it's a funny meme that every realtor in Miami has the Ferragamo belt and the Ferragamo shoes. Yeah, uh, it, it's just, it's just like the realtor set. <laughs> and, the cheapest Rolex,
0: and the cheapest Rolex, they come by. I swear to God, like it's the yeah. same thing, but it's, it's fucking, yeah. it's miserable, man. It's, it's crazy. So
2: no, I, w- I want to jump, I want to jump to a topic. Cause you know that when I, when I talked to you, I created this podcast because it's a podcast to motivate him, but it's also a podcast about multi families. Of course. I, I met course. you, in, I met you in the business as a, as a wholesaling property school, man. And I remember when I first talked to you. Um uh, I was uh you closed me on a deal and then from that our relationship grew and then we would talk on and off about a multifamilies and you saw me make a big transition in my career in the last two years where I took the leap of just going one hundred percent very inspirational family which yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And it was a it was a hard commitment and we've had this conversation about making some yeah. commitments and sacrifices. But at the age of 28, you've got 51 doors. Yeah. I, I, know, I know for you that's not enough because I already know that's your personality. You're like, where's the next one? I get it. I'm the same. But it's a pretty, quick, pretty good accomplishment for those that are in their 20s, for 40s, 30s, 50s. I was just at an event this weekend in Dallas, Texas that I had uh, spoken. Mind you, thank you. I did that event because you broke my eyes on, on coming on an event. I was, I was shitting bricks in your event. The second one, I was chilling, bro. Not even nervous. Uh, so thank you for that motivation you gave oh, me, but the second
0: yeah,
2: there were so many people at this event that only done 12 duplexes, fourplexes, and like very small, man, you took a leap. You, your first deal was a 13 unit apartment building. Yeah. Now recently you just made the local business news. You just closed 38 units. Yes. And tell me about that 38 unit. Uh, why did, why did you choose that deal to be the one you're going to buy? And what's the story on it? How did you find a deal? First of all, because that's one of the hardest things to find great deals. And I saw the numbers. That is a great deal. So,
0: again, so I owned the 13 units. That was my first deal. After that, I bought a fourplex that I bought and sold. And then because it's not worth it. It It's not good money. I don't want to do it. Then I did the 38 units. The 38 units, I was on Property Appraiser, Miami-Dade, doing comps on another deal. Like some random single family I'm doing comps on. And then every time on Miami Day, I make the effort. If I see a big square, which is a big multifamily, right? In yellow, yellow, in yellow then I just click on it just to see who owns it out of curiosity, right? I clicked on this deal and the guy, um, what tracked my attention, you know, most of the sophisticated investors like you have their addresses on the properties, maybe to to your office, right? That's the least or a PO box. This guy had the property and the address to his house. And he was this big house oh. in, in Weston, like, like four or five million dollar house. I'm like, dude, this guy got to be either so rich that he doesn't give a shit or he's an idiot. And one of them, like, and he has the 38 units. I was like, dude, I literally, I look at one of my acquisition guests, I'm like, yo, call that guy, set me up an appointment. Hold
2: goes, on, hold on, like, but let's rewind that. Let's rewind. That, that, that's where you're at in your level of your business that you didn't even make the call yourself. You had your one of your guys' cars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're that rich, huh? But I'm no, sorry, dude, I got to get you dude, back. If you dude, say dude. I'm getting a tutor, I got a tutor, I'm too rich.
0: Oh, to hey,
2: go, hey, go call that guy real quick for me. Dude, Let me know what's going on. Let
0: me say something. You're so funny. Let me say something. I could have made the call, but I wanted him yeah, to I do mean, it so he can make money. Honestly, I was would have made guys. the
2: call. Right now, you got people calling for
0: you. Uh, yes. Which, by yes. the way, he has, a, he has no. a
2: call center, guys. That's why this is that's so, his, his bread and butter.
0: That's, that's our bread and butter. So, anyways, He calls the guy, and then basically the guy, like, honestly... It wasn't. Um, it wasn't a very hard call. The guy's like, yeah, hey, I'm interested. Make an offer. Everybody's interested. In make an offer, especially on those. Yeah, big he gets others. a ton of calls. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, so I figured out uh, this guy's not going to be easy to work with. And what ended up happening? I got to. Uh, I said, "Okay, show me the property. I go to the property, and he sends his son to show the property to me, right? So I can make an offer after many attempts, right? I go to his son. I was like, I look at the property. I didn't even look at the property. I just walked in in two seconds. I looked at the guy. I was like, dude, put your dad on the line. Tell him I'm a cool ass guy and he should meet me in person. And I convinced the son to do it. He calls the guy from his phone. He calls his own dad from his phone. Man, great. you should meet him in person, basically. And then the guy, you know, Mr. Fernandez, he was like, he's a very wealthy man. He doesn't know what makes him, but he was like, yeah, this guy is annoying. He keeps calling me just have to make a fucking offer and stop bothering me. And then literally I grabbed, it. I was like, Mr. Fernandez, this is some of the nicest stuff anybody ever said about me. Like, all I'm looking to do is, right? If I'm the man you're gonna do business with, I just wanna shake your hand, man. I can drive to your house right now. He's died laughing, but I heard that and I answered it like that. Yeah. He's like, okay, come to my house. I literally leave Opalaka, I drive to the guy's house. And so if that's how I found it, the deal randomly on property appraiser. I would call that driving for dollars. I tell my guys when they do it, it's virtual driving for dollars.
2: Oh, I love my yeah. best deal. My yeah. best deal was a driving for dollar deal Literally. right behind my house.
0: So, so I yeah. dropped to that guy's house in Weston. Yeah, I dropped to that guy's house in Weston with a contract in my hand. And I go to sit in his house, very nice house, beautiful maids and whatever. Sit down, had like a cup of coffee with him. I walked out with a contract. That's, uh, up, That's yeah, right I up. liked it up. Like where where did
2: you see? Where, where did you see? Let's get into the numbers. Where did you see the opportunity, and you bought this with an? This is the 38 unit consists of what mix?
0: We have 38, 12, uh, 16 of them. I think 16 or 17 of them are two ones. The rare star, one ones. What is this what average so, rent? Did you? So here's what I know, right? My thing is I want to at least accomplish the 1% rule, right? Like each door, if I get to pay, uh, you know, 100 or less and collect over $1,000 per rent, to me that's it. That's like immediate, like very generic indicator, interesting.
2: Easy easy underwriting. You underwrite quickly by the 1% rule, which is very common
0: in the business. Yeah, Yeah. like like I'm not saying I'm going to go just to close based off of it, but it immediately immediately tells me, okay, there's something, dig in, right? So Everything in Miami is
2: negative 1%. (laughs)
0: <laughs> literally <laughs> literally yeah so i was like okay i'm gonna get to pick up this thing for less than 100 a door and rent and one ones rent for 1200 uh two ones rent for 14 to 1450 depends on how you and know,
2: what you was know. he at he was at he, what is his average He's, rent
0: like literally his one ones were at seven eight hundred bucks most one is 900 you got plenty of yeah room. and the two ones are rented at like literally between 950 and 1100 and those could be you know tremendous yeah, 14,. The numbers, yeah The building right now is grossing 36 a month, in uh, about six, to, let's say nine months max, I'm going to have it grossing somewhere between 50, $51 a month. What if, what,
2: improvements, what improvements are you going to do to hit those pro forma rents?
0: Um, pretty much do you have to go
2: all out? Do you have to do kitchen bathroom floors?
0: No. So, no, I mean, some units, yes, but that's not the majority. Yeah. Uh, the majority probably has got to paint their, you know, units and just the normal, right? Maybe spend like two, three grand in the unit max. Uh, but what I need to do, like most of, is really just making the building look better. The building looks ugly. The, look the coloring, good. it's, yeah, it's just, you know, terribly maintained. And then, so I'm going to paint the property. Uh, some units need fully remodeled. One unit actually blew up, so that is down to the guts. Like I gotta like you know, I gotta spend about twenty yeah, grand in there. Yeah. Literally blew
2: up. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Not
0: with me, with him. So yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so, and yeah.
2: creating creating that business plan is always a challenge as an apartment syndicator because because sometimes it's very easy to say you know what I'm going to remodel every unit, but sometimes you don't have to. You just gotta look at your comps, look at your competition. You might just with the minimal fresh coat of paint kitchen maybe adding a washer drying the unit just those simple things will skyrocket your rents two or three hundred dollars per unit extra and and that comes with experience but you got to pay attention to your comps you look at your comps and your comps are yeah. getting $1,400 rents, and all they did was just put in new floors and that's it you're good so that yeah. that's one of the that's one of my favorite to identifying those little golden nuggets and how did you take down this deal? And I, I know that you, you told me you you so you took out a bridge loan, you financed. So I how was gonna to go.
0: I was gonna go to David at Lument, actually, but then uh, the property has a lawsuit against it with the city of Opalaka for a three hundred thousand dollars water bill oh, for I money killed your they own. had. Okay, so no lender is gonna give you that, right? And then my attorney is like, Jalal, don't do the deal. There's a lawsuit. Too much going on. Let's back out. Their job go to tell it. you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then I was like, no, dude, this is the best thing ever happened to this deal. I go back to the owner. I was like, yo, nobody's going to give me a loan. I'm going to give you money. I'm going to do this deal with seller financing. I'm willing to do the deal, but just know me or anyone else, nobody can give you a loan. And is certainly going to give you $4 million, $3.7 million cash. So I'm your best guy. I'm not scared, but we need to do a seller financing deal. And then, obviously, that's when it took months to strike the right deal, like if negotiation back and forth. We ended, yeah, up, yeah, we ended, up, we ended up, yeah. So I ended up basically putting eight hundred down, and uh, that's actually from my own money. Uh, I didn't raise this money. I should. I would have been smarter to raise that money. <laughs> I didn't know. So, so I actually put down eight hundred thousand dollars. Took that out of my own cash. Put it down on the deal because I believe in the deal and I did have an investor to go in on the deal and put up the money, but he literally, that idiot ended up literally buying a Bentley and spent the money on dumb shit. Right. And then I'm like, okay, great. I'll do the deal. You know,
2: if he bought a Bentley, he's not that much of an idiot.
0: (laughs) I mean, well, he's not a, no, he knows how to make money but he yeah, knows yeah, how to spend yeah, yeah. it better than he knows how to invest it. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I get so I, I, I was get on it. a lunch with you when I got that call that the guy spent I remember. Money.
2: I remember. Yeah. I, remember.
0: Yeah, he, yeah, I get calls. It was like, Oh, the guy spent you know, all of money.
2: You, you know, that, that, that example, and one of the things I love about commercial real estate, which I don't miss from flipping houses was that I remember being about to close and the buyer I'm selling my flip to uh, decides to make, a poor choice, and their credit score drops right before my closing, and the deal falls through. So I, I remember you just gave me a flashback of those days. Yeah, they, they go
0: buy like a TV or something. Yeah. but this guy's yeah. buying Bentley, so it's, it's different. Yeah.
2: But well, so so your your business plan is to get rid of this lien, get the rents up, refinance, and get your equity out. Is this a long term so hold
0: for you? Definitely a long term hold. So the deal Hard. was stroke. So it was eight hundred down, uh, twenty five m am- amortization. Uh, five years balloon, six percent IO interest only. That's sweet. Yeah, sweet. and and for the three hundred thousand dollars lawsuit, I actually managed to do documents that even passed passed the closing. He's still one hundred percent liable for the lawsuit, and I kept one hundred fifty thousand dollars in escrow. Negotiate that? Yeah, I, I kept one hundred fifty thousand dollars in escrow. That here's what happens: if it the lawsuit settles on us and we have to pay the three hundred thousand dollars, I'm going to take the one hundred fifty in escrow. And the remainder one i am going to deduct it from the loan I owe you.
2: From the loan amount.
0: And I'll make payments out of my own money to pay that that's,
2: off. That's a very creative way of structuring that. Yeah, whenever you can pull off a set. But that, that's that's a good way. That's a smart way of structuring it. There's no deals alike. They're, they all require a lot of thinking, a lot of consulting and advice. You know, one, one of the reasons when I created SAR Apartment Capital, and I, I had this conversation with you, it's important to have really smart people around you People with experience, good attorneys, good partners where you could bounce off ideas to come up with strategies and come up with, okay, you know what? All right, there's an issue here. Let me look at how other people who have a lot of experience have how they structure this deal and just get different advice and then you come into your, your advice. So I always I always advise people, get a group, get a team around you of like-minded people. They don't have to be in real estate. It's crazy. Some of my best advice come from people with nothing to do with real estate but their perspective opens my mind and their creativity on how to structure a deal. I'm like, Whoa, I didn't think about that. I didn't see that coming that way. So it's, it's very important to structure deals. And look, you were able to take that down. Uh, Jalal, that, that's uh, good luck with that deal, man. I know you're going to do fine. The numbers look good. I want to, I want to touch one last thing before we close out the show, because I know you got a crazy day, this event. Um, you got into the event space. I mean, I've seen you on stage. You've done a couple already. You're a natural. You love it. Uh, I see your adrenaline rush that you get. Yeah. Uh, what, other, what other are scared about scared you, love? You have an event coming up with Elena Cardone. How the fuck
0: did you pull that off, bro? <laughs> so, by the way, my event is called Miami, Miami Movers 3. My event is called Miami Movers 3. And it's actually on October 23rd at the Coven Center and uh Ooh. it's gonna be it's gonna be legitimate actually i have three i have four more speakers that i'm announcing i only announced elena cardone one uh as as the first speaker uh tomorrow night i'm announcing uh the second one by the way over uh, literally over 500 million dollar guy he's 31 super Ooh. money from california her, yeah man. yeah it's gonna be awesome and uh how did i pull that off honestly Relationships because when I got fired out of the office, I, I kept being a great advocate. And then yeah. never spoke bad about a, about a bad, you know, like me being, you know, oh F the last employer. No, no, no. Yeah. I love them, they're great. So kept the relationship and then it came in handy this time, right? And then uh, made yeah. a couple texts and it was done. Yeah, oh, yeah wait till you see the last speaker I announced. You,
2: excited. Once you
0: see the last speaker, all I gotta say is legitimate billionaire. Known all around the world, literally. Wow. Very known in America. Once wow. you know the name, and I'm not gonna say much. Um let's just say I'm
2: excited, man. I'm
0: excited. Let's just say it's gonna be <laughs> insane. So so if you're watching this, and obviously you're his crowd, you don't know me. I'll say this: you don't know me enough. Follow me on Instagram at the King of Miami Real Estate, and also on YouTube if you want, but on Instagram at the King of Miami Real Estate. You'll see everything that I have about the event, link in bio. You have any, okay. you know, questions, slide in the DM, ask me my question, whatever questions you have, I'll be more than happy to assist you. How I pulled that off, connections, man.
2: Man, that's right, man. Connections and putting himself out there. Uh, and not and and you started small with small events and, and you've been growing them little by little. And now that you guys all have met this personality, you're gonna see big things from this guy in the future. And i going to sit back, we'll see and watch him. Jalal, man, thank you for your You're time, amazing. man. What a great talk this was. I appreciate it, brother. Much All love, right. man. You're so amazing. I'll drop, I'll drop the links for everyone to be able to get in touch with Jalal, and everyone can log in and see his events. If they're not in Miami, I'm pretty sure he's going to create something like that. But I'm excited, man. Thank Dude, you for your time, brother.
0: Next time I'm on this show, I'm going to be at least at 500 apartments. What? Mark my words. Oh, no,
2: I, will. I know you will. I know you will, and I'm going to be your partner for me and coach.
0: Can't wait to learn <laughs> from you, man. You're amazing, guy. Right, Much love. Take care. Let's do this.
1: Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to reach out to me, please go to my website, www.ablballesteros.com.